This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, as always, I am joined here again by Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Of course, I'm Rafael Di Furia. And today, we wanted to get into some of the practical implications of what going through that process for purchasing property here can be like, what it is that you might want to expect, and uh, just the process really overall. But Marco, where is maybe the place that you think that would be the best starting point specifically for this topic? So I think the very first step of the process is the actual proposal that you submit to the seller. So you have identified your property, you know you want that property, what do you do? So if you're dealing with a real estate agent, you normally submit a proposal through a real estate agent, especially if the seller is selling through a real estate agent. But if there is no agent involved, you just submit the, the, the offer directly to the seller. And that's something that we, we of course, do for mm-hmm. Our clients uh, normally the proposal um, is a form that for example real estate agents they already have that just needs to be filled out and with all the information of the property so where the property is the address uh, the square meters uh, the amount of your proposal which you decide so you decide of course how much you want to offer based on the asking price so normally there is a an advertisement Uh, where the owner says I want to sell this property and the asking price is this and normally in Italy they ex- the, the owner never expects to receive the asking price right so normally they ask for a price <laughs> that is higher so that what they're actually expecting there are different situations though uh, because some owners they can expect you know to receive almost that amount and some owners are prepared to lose um, are prepared to receive like much, much less. And I think that this tends to be the case normally. The owner expects to receive like much mm-hmm. less than what the asking price is on the advertisement. And what is maybe the normal amount that people expect to ne- to be able to negotiate on the price? Like, is there a, a normal amount or is it kind of just dependent on the owner? It's, it's depending on the situation, I'd say, or on where the property is. But um, it also depends on for how long that property has been on the market because if it's been on the market for a lot of months, uh, I think the owner is expecting to receiving you know less than uh, what the property was uh, put up for sale for at mm-hmm. the beginning. So it really depends on the situation. It, there is no straight answer to this mm-hmm. question, but it can be normally somewhat negotiated, uh, the asking price. So probably maybe in that kind of it sounds like If it's in a higher uh, demand area, there's going to be less wiggle room. But if it's in a lower demand area, they might be a little bit more uh, ready to start negotiating at the table. Exactly. And of course, um, while the first step is the proposal, sometimes you actually decide to talk to the owner beforehand to get a feeling of what, mm-hmm. uh, especially in Italy. You know, in Italy, everybody is negotiations. Yeah. Even if you go to the to the local market, you can't. <laughs> In the end, there, there, it's funny because there are a lot of things here in Italy that just you wouldn't think to negotiate, 
but you kind of can negotiate. Sometimes they'll look at you like you're absolutely crazy. You say, get out of here. But then other times they'll just be like, fine, all right, do it. I mean, I know even in the, the, the street market here in, or not here where we are now, but in Rovigo, uh, that like I was buying, I think a belt or something like that. And the guy was trying to upsell me two or three more. And he was going to knock like, say, I don't know, $5 off of it. And I was like, nope. I'm not I'm not doing it unless you knock ten dollars off of it. He's like, No, I'll do seven. I was like, eight deal. <laughs> so there are those times where it, maybe not if you go to like an electronic store, but maybe there could be some could home be. appliance stores that you might be able to do that. The thing is, I think the when you go to you know like a chain like Media World or right. uh, even for clothing like Zara. Um, or H&M, right. there you can't. No, no. But if you're going to a local store in your town, even if you're buy, buying clothing, I think it's very likely that the owner is already expecting you to negotiate the price. Yeah. Especially, you know, back in the days where, when in Italy, um, like you were, like a lot of people were buying like expensive clothing mm-hmm. uh, for like two, three hundred euros. The owner was already expecting you to um, really? Yes, yes. That's funny. I mean, I, I know that in a lot of stores, even say, like you go to a bakery, they'll tell you, oh, the price is twelve fifty five. Give me twelve. Yes. Or like even I had to, I bought a, a hat, a couple hats yesterday. And um, at the store, the guy was like, well, look, I have this one winter model. If you're interested, it's similar to the style that you're already buying. Normally it's X amount, but he knocked off like 50% because it's out of season. I was like, fine let's do it like there's a lot of times even um like you were saying even clothing stores like those those locally owned stores say the price is 115 give me 110 like yeah. there's a lot of that here in italy absolutely and even cars just just to uh, wrap it up quickly when you're buying a car like a new car like a new bmw um you normally start from a price and you try to get the best price out of the seller interesting <laughs> i don't know if this happens in america i don't think so i've never bought a car in america so i can't say but i think it's possible there could be some negotiation definitely had a used car lot but new i'm not the guy to ask <laughs> but um something that you mentioned was that you do make a proposal yes and this is something that is a very formal aspect of the negotiating uh part of the process for purchasing maybe do you want to just quickly discuss that and and talk about uh, some of the details that somebody can expect during that aspect absolutely so you w- once you fill out this proposal and you share it with the um owner the owner has to the, the seller of the property has to accept it or deny it mm-hmm. so if they accept it they will normally sign your proposal and that's um that means that you have secured the mm-hmm. property. Now you have, you can initiate the process of buying the property, but um, and it, it can take you know a different amount of time also depending on the situation. For example, depending on uh, whether you are dealing with multiple corners, you may have to wait for everybody's approval. Or for example, and this is, this happened with a client. The property was owned by an investment fund, mm-hmm. so we had to make this proposal, and then we were advised to wait to hear back because of course the um, proposal was going to uh, be approved or denied by uh, the board of directors so it took about one month which is very large amount of time for us to hear back and so during this process i think you mentioned in a previous episode that you will actually have to send a deposit 
along with your offer. How does that normally work? Exactly. So, in 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 most cases, you include in your proposal a check for a certain percentage of the asking price. Normally, about the thirty percent of the asking price, um, which the seller can actually cash if they accept your proposals. When you don't include a check, you can just like you know wire the money, for example, mm-hmm. to the um, seller. But the point is, you normally have to pay at this stage. Once the proposal is accepted, um, a certain percent percentage of the asking price, and actually, the actual receiving, like accepting your money from the seller means legally speaking that the seller is accepting mm-hmm. your offer so for example if you mm-hmm. if you um, attach a check to the proposal if the seller deposits this check into their account it means they're formally accepting mm-hmm. your uh, proposal and from that time um, you can accept the process expect the process to move forward the process which will lead of course to the final appointment with the notary mm-hmm. where you become legally speaking the owner of the property but what about in the case because you mentioned also about uh, if you do this through a wire transfer in that case how is that is that kind of locking the owner into actually having to sell to you or would they have to wire the money back to you if they don't accept yeah it? of course that would be the case uh, you can just of course wire the money and expect um right like you're not like <laughs> i mean i think it's just a point worth like clarifying just because it's like no absolutely like, absolutely can you lock them definitely. into having to sell to you what's the situation definitely we want information to be precise and not misleading so right. no absolutely it's a good clarification to make and um the next step after the proposal is accepted would be to enter into preliminary agreement. Sometimes the proposal constitutes a preliminary agreement depending on how the proposal is drafted. So there are some proposals that are drafted in a way that if the owner accepts it, then you're already entering into preliminary agreement. Mm-hmm. In some cases, the preliminary agreement instead is like a subsequent step. So you actually have to sign an agreement which is legally binding mm-hmm. where you say, I um, promise to sell this property to you in a certain tri- time frame. So you're not really becoming the owner of the property. It's just a promise to sell uh, uh-huh. the property to somebody else. That's the preliminary agreement. Um, normally after, for example, when you have to get a loan um, from the bank, a mortgage, you need some time to have the mortgage approved. So that's why there is some time uh, between the preliminary agreement and the final agreement. The preliminary agreement is not a necessary step. Some people skip it. The majority of people, they enter into a preliminary agreement, especially those people, like I said, who have to see if the bank gives their money. Mm-hmm. And uh, there could be a situation where the bank doesn't give you the money and you have to, like, you, you lose your deposit, mm-hmm. for example. Or, oh, so if you send, like, 30% <clears throat> of your the deposit for the home and you get denied, then that 30% is gone. Exactly. That's wow. why you have to be sure beforehand that the, the bank will give you the That's money that you deal. need to purchase the property. Wow. Uh, or, you know, if the owner changed their mind, or for example, if it's a situation of co-ownership and one right. of the co-owners doesn't want to sell anymore, uh, they have to give back the double of the deposit mm-hmm. that you um, paid. Interesting. I mean, so that, that definitely gives a an incentive to make sure that things are done right. But um, what are some of the steps that maybe a person can make sure to do so that they don't end up in a, like a tricky situation. Like how do you find out if you're eligible for a mortgage in Italy and so on? 
Well, normally people who reside in Italy, they already have that information. If they have a certain relationship with their bank, so they know whether or not their bank is ready to give them money. Uh, in some cases, you if, if you are unsure, you go to your bank and you just say, hey, I want to buy this property. Uh, mm-hmm. This is my situation. Am I eligible for a mortgage? So that's something, of course, that you want to determine beforehand. Mm-hmm. But then you want to get the actual approval, uh, go through the approval process after you signed a preliminary agreement or um, made a proposal mm-hmm. um, but yeah of course it's it's definitely absolutely um, 100% advisable to uh, get the opinion of the bank beforehand the same way that it's advisable to actually go see the property we didn't right. say that it's, it's of course obvious but the right. very first step of the process would be to go see the property in person uh, with a real estate agent if it's being sold to a real est- through a real estate agent with us um, or directly with the owner in some cases mm-hmm. so you go see the property and see if you if you like it if it's if everything is in order if there are like water leaks or, or something right. like that and well, then you make the proposal and this is something also that if a person does want to buy remotely that you can do on exactly. their behalf and help them through um, through photos and videos as we've spoken about in the past exactly so we can make uh, videos photos we can inspect the property one time multiple times in order to ensure that everything is in order mm. And so I guess just to take it back to the preliminary agreement, this is something that not only protects the owner, but to an extent also the buyer during this process so that they're kind of coming in and wherever they meet up, whoever decides to break that agreement, the other person is still protected. Exactly. That's exactly the case. And and this means that the purchase property in Italy tends to be a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. So it's not as fast as it could be in other countries. Like you go and buy the property the same day. I don't know. But like in Italy, it, it takes some weeks, in some cases a couple of months to mm-hmm. actually secure a property and become legally the owner, especially if you have to get a mortgage to buy it. And so I guess this takes us to kind of the final step in the process and actually dealing with the notary, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, is that something that you have to come up with another agreement for or what does this look like for the person who's just jumping into the deep end? So generally, you will set a meeting with the notary. The notary is normally chosen by the person who buys the property and it's normally a notary that is in the area where the property is located. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily though, I mean, potentially could be any notary in Italy, but the parties tend to use a notary that is like... Um, can be easily accessed by both the seller and the buyer. Uh, Every notary is different in terms of fees, so you may potentially want to choose the notary based on the fees that they charge you for the transaction, which could be like somewhat high, like in the thousands of uh, Mm -hmm. euros, like 1,000, 2,000, depending on the case, 3,000. And this is for all of their services combined, Exactly. Wow. Normally, the notary is the person who in the vast majority of the cases, will offer to pay taxes on your behalf, mm. the, the purchase tax. So, and it's the one individual that will calculate the tax for you. So the notary will be responsible, of course, for certifying the transaction, make, making sure that uh, everything is in order, but also will be calculating the uh, purchase tax, which is on average the 9% mm-hmm. of the uh, asking price or the 2% if you are an Italian citizen, if you're buying your first house. We talked about this extensively in other episodes. So purchase taxes are between the 2 and the 9%. And the notary will tell you the exact amount because the taxation is calculated on the value on paper of the property, mm-hmm. not on the asking price. And um, so it's a value 
that the law that the government gives to that specific properties, regardless of the actual market fluctuations. So regardless of whether the property uh, price went up or down, um, so you pay the taxes based on what the value on paper of that property mm-hmm. is. Um, you set a meeting with the notary to that meeting, um, like that, that meeting will be attended by the seller, the buyer, normally us, if we're assisting um, a client. Potentially the real estate agent is allowed to um, participate, mm-hmm. but under Italian law, the real estate agent is allowed to ask you to pay their percentage, their commission fee, again, if there is a real estate agent involved, and if you are being charged, because some real estate agents only charge the seller, not also the buyer. Uh-huh. It depends on the agreement that you have reached mm-hmm. with the agent. But they're entitled to request their commission fee when you sign the preliminary agreement. Interesting. So if they want to, they're entitled to do, ask you to do that, and you have to do it because from a legal perspective, their job is done right. when you when you enter into Because the then it gets passed on to the notary from that point. Exactly. And then no matter what the circumstances are afterwards, he, they it's not their on job. his shoulders. Exactly. But um, at the meeting with the notary, normally you go with a certified check so mm-hmm. that, that you obtain from, from your bank beforehand. And based on the calculation that the notary gave you, so there is a, a check for the seller, there is a check for the notary that includes the notary fee and the taxation because the notary, like I said, will take care of the taxation. Sometimes the seller will ask you to make two checks, uh, for example, if there are co-owners, uh-huh. or two checks for a different reason. For example, if the seller needs to pay off their mortgage, one of the two checks is just easier if you already make it out to the bank. Uh, I see. So one portion goes to the seller, one portion goes to the bank. And the notary, normally what happens during the notary is the notary reads out loud the agreement that they type up before you arrive. So they read it in front of you, in front of the parties. Um, You just make sure that all the details are correct. Mm -hmm. And if everything is fine, you sign, the other party signs, and you are both given normally not the actual deed at the time, of the meeting, they give you a temporary receipt and then the actual deed will be recorded afterwards by the notary and they will give you um, a certified copy of the property deed to each party about like 30 days after. Interesting. So even that just alone, this is again something that adds on to the time that this whole process can take. Absolutely, absolutely, that's true. And But you get the keys normally when you are at the notary, so you exchange the check uh-huh. with the keys. So even so, at that point, you do have the legal ability to move into the house. Exactly. Even if you don't have all of the documentation and everything isn't 100% finished, it's still finished. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Very. It's, it feels very, um, very... Uh, it feels like something that definitely is very telling of how a lot of things can happen in, in Italy. Even if it's not 100%, it's 100%. Or even maybe if something's 100%, maybe it's still not 100%. <laughs> sure. But I think this might be a great place to uh, end out the episode because definitely a lot of ground covered. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this, be sure that you subscribe to this channel where you can find more content about Italian real estate and Italian citizenship. But of course, Marco, if anybody is needing help during the process of purchasing property to find a property here or even to renovate their property here in Italy, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com. 
or give us a call. The number is on the website. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. And of course, thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast. Of course, if you're interested in more content also about life in Italy, living in Italy, life as an Italian dual citizen expat here in this beautiful country, be sure to come out to my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia, where I talk also about more about these subjects as well as show you some more about life in Italy. But anyway, thank you all so much for joining us again. We look forward to seeing you all next time. Stay safe and stay healthy. Later. Thank you.